If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Yeah, yeah.
taking you closer to heaven. Hi, welcome to Relevant Life, a program brought to you by Mid-Country Chapel to encourage, motivate, and bring this generation closer to God. Relevant Life is proudly sponsored by 8N Pharmacy Swami Makro, ZTH Company Limited, Asafo and Amakum, Morton Pharmacy, TUC Junction. Stay tuned as our head pastor, Reverend David Kwanza, brings you today's message. Verse 1, never delays at thy word. And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of the Lord. I want you to underline that. To hear, this was the reason they were all over Jesus. This was the reason they were traveling from distances to reach him wherever he is. And this particular day he's in Gennesaret. And everybody is going in that direction. And are they going for money? Are they going for a job? Are they going for some opened opportunities in their life for them to have their dreams fulfilled? Why are they pressing upon him? Why are they all over him? Why are they all looking for where Jesus is and be part of the order of the day? It was because according to the Bible, they wanted to hear the word of God. That was the reason. Were there not sick people among them? Were there not people that needed jobs? Were there not people that needed money? Were there not people who had homes to run, businesses to run? Were there not people who had organized life and they hold resolutions to their year? And so they are so focused on their resolutions to get fulfilled get them fulfilled in order for them to have some kind of conviction in them that this year has been a wonderful year. Yeah, they had jobs. Some of them were masters. Some of them were, were followers. Some of them were employees. Some of them were, were employers. Many people, young to the old men and women, wives that are supposed to stay in the house and cook some good food for their husbands and their children when they come back from their various endeavors. All of them they just thronging upon Jesus and it was because they wanted to hear the word of God. It wasn't about money. It wasn't about opportunities. It wasn't about some investment you have to do that Jesus is pushing around. He was just preaching. And they were all over him. They wanted to hear maybe they've come to realize that in their society, for all that they have done, for all that they seek to achieve in life, the principal vehicle that would take them to that place was the word of God. I've been saying this for centuries. So many Christians have not been able to come to this very powerful conclusion in life that my absolute victory is connected to my understanding of leaning on absolute victory. It's not in the kind of friends you have. It's not in the kind of favor you caught. Absolute victory. And here, the word is absolute victory. He said it in Joshua, the chapter number 1, 6 to 9. He said it in Psalms chapter 1, 1 to 3. 
whatsoever you do, you will prosper. So the Kaya will prosper. The pepper seller will prosper. The gobe seller will prosper. The engineer, the doctor, the lawyer, the president, the MP, the business guru is going to have absolute victory because they see a connection. Now you guys go to church and you always preach and sit there and do the Bible, the Bible. You know, we'll see what comes out of it. When there is that connect, when a person knows that I'm going nowhere in life until this world becomes my main food, my river, my bread, they will have no absolute victory. They'll be doing some things according to Jesus, but not all things they do will they prosper. When they keep the word in their heart, whatsoever they do, they shall prosper. That's why they're running for the word. They are not going for magic. They are not going for miracle. They want the word. It was a society developed. They had ships. Very soon, Jesus will be sitting on one of the boats and will be preaching. So this is a civilized society. Business and so on. But the important thing to them, something they had never heard, was the word that Jesus was preaching. So he stood by the lake of Gennesaret. It, it all depends on how important the word of God is to you. The word of God is the absolute law of life. It talks about nations. It talks about unity. It talks about love. It talks about justice. You know, the Jews uphold justice to them. The whole word of God is about justice. That's what the Jews are. That is the centerpiece of the word God gave them. In Christianity, in Christendom, in charismatism, the centerpiece is love. To the Jew, it is justice. The word of God talks about peace. It talks about joy. It talks about poverty. It addresses poverty. It addresses prosperity. The word of God addresses everything. It is the absolute law of life. Everything your life is about is spoken about by God. It is the absolute law by which humanity survives. And that's why it became the foundation for constitutions. That's why the word of God is quoted all the time. There will never be a time where the word of God becomes irrelevant. Heaven and earth shall pass away, Matthew 34. But the word of God will abide forever. Everything will go away, but this word, this word, this word, it will abide forever. 24th verse of Matthew chapter 24, 35, 36. Everything shall pass away. This word of the, of the Lord shall abide forever. I will say that these people found the key. A Christian who doesn't have a Bible, a Christian who doesn't believe in the absolute authentic nature of the word, probably he, he is yet to start. He's yet to start. So for this generation, that's all they're going for. And look at what happened that day. The Bible said in the verse number two, hmm, humanity will survive. 
in John, the Bible says he created the world by the word. John chapter 1. In Hebrews chapter 1, the Bible says he sustains the world by the word. So he creates by the word. He sustains. Families are sustained. Individuals are sustained. Everything is sustained in this world by the word of God. There is a, a certain move in this world because men want to shift mankind's focus on God from him to them. Okay, so there are people that are coming up in society. The organizations they belong to, they are very powerful people. They control the earth. They control the world by money. Everything that is in this world, mineral resources, they control everything. They control organizations. They control powerful, powerful organizations in the world. And what they're trying to do is to shift the focus of the world, the reliance on, of the world on God to relying on them. And I tell you, they are speedily doing it. With all vim, with all vigor, all over the world. They are working so hard. And they do that because it is only the word of God that degrades their agenda. It is only the word of God that stops them. The word of God opens the eyes of people to realize that others know what to go for. There are better alternatives. We can get there in a better way. And they know it. It is only the word of God that stops them. Everything that is going on in this world, every demand, every, every gift, everything that is painted before you and shown at you, it is all geared towards somebody making his money. And they will do everything to stop people from following after them. When it comes to Christians, it's a bit difficult. Especially charismatic ones. It becomes a bit difficult getting them under or putting them under control. But there is an agenda. And I pray we will remain in the word. And he saw two ships standing by the lake. But the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. Verse 3. Hmm. Something is happening to our world. Something is happening. To those people, whatever they have to do to get people's attention shifted to them, they will do it. They will give money. Even if the money is wasted, they will give it. They'll give opportunities. Even if nobody wants that opportunity, they will create it. Because the only obstacle to their control and manipulation which is the word of God has to be taken out and this is 2023 years ago men, women, families lived hungry for the word of God so the Bible says that when he entered into one of the ships which was Simon's and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land and he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Four. Now, when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a drought. Now, the verse number five uh, is our key scripture this morning. And I... I want us to take note of certain words that comes, pops up there. And Simon answering said unto him, Master. So first of all, Master. He called him Master. That's an acknowledgement. He called him Master. Then he said, We. 
have toiled all the night. So underline we and toil. It means they have done, they've done all the hard work. They've done everything they know as fishermen, but they couldn't get anything. Psalm 107 talks about they that go to the sea, they behold the wonders of God. These are men of experience. These are men of knowledge. These are men of hard work. So their knowledge, their experience, and their hard work. Fishermen are hardworking people. If you live close to a fishing community, these guys, my God, most of them are very muscular. I don't know about these days. You know, these days, it's, everything is about money. So maybe some kind of lean, younger person who want to attempt fishing. But when I was young in Takradi and we used to go to the beach, fishermen were very muscular people. Men of hard work, men of experience, men of knowledge. They were professional people and they have deployed every one of these things. Their profession, their knowledge, their experience, and their stamina and hard work, none of it worked. None of it worked. He called him master. Then he said that we have toiled all night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word. Then he says, I will let down my net. When he was talking about the experience, it was plural. We, when it came to diving in, Get what comes out of this Messiah. He said, I. It's no longer plural stuff. It's, not about, it's no longer, they believe what I believe. I do agree with me. These days, don't mind those pastors and preachers who should go to church. Do you agree with me? They agree with you. We are not going to church. It wasn't like we are a group of people that believe in other things apart from the. Peter knew it. That you don't need the vote of people to advance in life. It's not democracy. God practices theocracy. He speaks to you. And you believe him. You see his glory. Who are these people that have caught nothing? They are men of profession. They are men of knowledge. They are men of hard work. They are men of experience. They got nothing. Peter's encounter with Jesus that day will show us what to do when you are catching nothing in life. When all your training, all your development, all your experience, all your strength, including hard work done, Our world is full of people who are working hard and catching nothing. With all the good training sat on the people of knowledge to bring them up. But they are catching nothing in life. They toil. Toiling means you go through rigors. It means you exert energy. It means you are pushed to the limits. And they were catching nothing. So what do you do in life when with all your experience, with all your training, 
with all your hard work, with all your profession and experience, you get nothing. Three weeks ago, I had the privilege of going to the airport to see some couple off. And we saw the number of people that are just running out of the country. It's crazy. Everybody wants to go. Let me show you. Who here wants to go? Please lift up your hands. I want to travel out of this country. Oh, thank you that my church members don't want to go. We'll have fellowship forever. God bless you. God bless you. The pain about deploying everything you have, including talent, and catching nothing is that that people begin to misinterpret you. They begin to think you are not doing enough. They begin to think you are not good enough. You know you are good. You know you have the knowledge. You know you deploy in every strength and gift. But because you are catching nothing, they look at you and it's like your life is a waste. You are nobody. And sometimes the more they say it and it gets to you, you begin to accept it and then finally relax and give up in life. You will be looked down on or upon because you're catching nothing. Your mates are making good sums of money, but your bank account is zero. The bank just sent you a message that if you don't put money in, you're going to close that account. The pain with catching nothing in life. When you're not able to move at the pace that other people are moving, you are considered a failure. Sometimes friends don't take your call, family don't respond as they should, and it's all simply because with all your knowledge and understanding, with all your professional acumen, with all your experience and talent and time, you catch on nothing. What do you do? What do you do? Peter made that statement. Look at it. Nevertheless, that means in spite of the fact that we've done everything. And I know that you may know somebody or you may be going through that yourself. When will I catch something? When will I catch a good man and marry? When will I catch a good job? Hallelujah. When will I catch some money? You, because this time, you need to catch money. Can I hear Amen? Amen? Between now and the end of the year, in the mighty name of Jesus, catch some cash in the name of Jesus. Catch a bride in the name of Jesus. Catch a good paying job in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Catch a car. Catch a plot of land. Catch a house in the name of Jesus. Somebody is going to catch something. From the time past to now, you may not have caught nothing, but I declare in the name of Jesus, by the Spirit of God, 
that you're going to catch something substantial. You catch in a testimony. You catch in a breakthrough. In the mighty name of Jesus, the Lord caused you to catch something. Sometimes it's like so all the school we went to, all the training we have had, why are we catching them? Because there is a solution and there is an answer. Hallelujah. That statement, nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. It's a statement of desperation. It's desperate. There's too much pressure in God. Pressure no I build them will be a young hook a crab also shown on Instagram. This time, this time you nya who gana niam fan shekukum. You need to begin to let everybody see. Very soon you will take over Instagram. Every day we see it. My car, my hair, I'm sitting in the plane, my house. A yeah pressure. They say, oh, break it through, Kakra. So, you know, they, they, they become loud because they have to yell out all the pressure within. Because we keep on in. Hello? And wow. A statement of desperation. Sometimes you can be so desperate in life. Because when he said that, it means that yes, we are here, dear baby. And now we have no idea what to do. Psalm 120 and the verse number one in my distress. So he's so desperate and now he stands so close to the Messiah. Perhaps when they came from sea and they were about to park at the shore and Mendian, they saw a whole lot of people there. A whole lot of people. So Peter is like, what is going on here? What is happening? They say that the Messiah is around. We did not come here to buy fish. Maybe he was saying that, look at a lot of people at the seashore and we have no fish. And then he had a rude awakening. They said, no, they're not here because of you, Simon. They are here because the Messiah is here. Oh, the Messiah is here? So out of the desperation, he now has an opportunity. And he's telling Jesus that you, you, you have no idea how we've been looking for you. And now you're telling me that I can catch fish at this shore. We're going to get it done. And that's why he called him master. You can be so desperate in life, you can forget about the word of God. You can be so desperate in life, it doesn't matter how much you've been trained and it doesn't matter how Pastor David has preached to you. You can be so desperate in life, you'll forget about church and forget about church attendance, forget about prayer. As I preach to you, there are some people that have gotten so desperate that they've forgotten about morning devotion. They've forgotten about fasting. They've forgotten about studying the word of God on their own. They've forgotten about out of desperation. But the Bible says that in times of desperation, you call upon the Lord. So Simon has seen that this, this kind of thing, it's not common. But this man, this man, the word of God in his mouth, ay, 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 master, just, 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 just by what you have said, I'm going to let down the net. Desperate people call upon God. Desperate people do not commit suicide. Among all the number of people that are at the Gennesaret shore, many of them are going through desperate things, but they knew the answer. What did they do? They ran to the word of God. 
you will not have a tete-a-tete -tete with Jesus. You cannot be too close to touch him in our time. But what was he speaking? He was speaking the word of God. That word of God is still with you. John chapter 1, in the beginning he made the world, the word was with God, and the word was God. All things were made by him, nothing was made that was not made by the word of God. So you may not see Jesus, you may not touch him, but it is still the same word that he was speaking to them at Gennesaret. That is coming to you. What I'm saying is that the word of God is enough to see you through in life. It is enough. And if there's any other school of thought, that school of thought is engineered in a way to bring money into the pockets of some people in the world. That's what it is doing. So no matter how they say it, Everything is about money. You know, wars are about money. Every war is because of money. This week, an organization called the BRICS came together. They had one of the annual meetings. They said they want to break the monopoly of the dollar. You see, that's what people, that's, that's all it's about. It's all about money. Interestingly, Iran, Saudi Arabia, Ethiopia, Egypt, all these nations have been called to become part of it, and they're going to become part of it. It's all about money. So anything that begins to shift focus on earth from God behind it, they crucify Jesus because of money. People think they killed him because uh, they hated him. No, it was because of money. How did you know, Pastor? Once Jesus comes in, the rule was that if you commit a sin, you go and buy cow, you buy sheep, you buy chicken, you come to the priest to sacrifice. They make their money. That's why they were selling in the temple and Jesus got angry. There were money exchanges, there were hotels set up around uh, the place. Money, business. And then he came to preach and he meets you a sinner and doesn't tell you to go and buy the sheep. He forgives you, go home. Balance sheets were being affected. He had to be killed. It was a statement of desperation. When you are desperate, you call on the master. When you are desperate, you go to the word of God. I don't know what to do. Pastor, go to the word of God. I'm tired of life. Go to the word of God. I want to quit. Go to the word of God. No matter what, you go to the word of God because it is the absolute reference of survival. And everything you know you have been through, the Bible speaks about it. That statement, point number two, nevertheless, at thy word, is a statement of recognition of authority. Sometimes you can be so desperate you forget about the authority of God. You know, as a pastor, you, you see this happening all the time to people where somebody thinks that their problem is so big, they don't go to church anymore. <laughs> they begin to think like they are going through so many challenges so they don't read the Bible anymore. You can be so desperate in life that you fail to recognize the authority of God. In fact, people 
sometimes get so desperate they begin to talk against God. That's what desperation can do. But for him, when they caught nothing and it was empty and they were not making money, in spite of all this crowd that are waiting for them at the seashore, his attitude was respect unto God. Master, watch what you say, watch how you see God, watch how you behave when you are desperate. Praise be unto the name of the Lord. It's always an honor to come to you at such a time of your day to bring you such truth, to bring you such light and word of the Lord to begin your day with and to construct your day, your week, and the months coming with the word of the Lord. My name is Reverend David Seth Kwansa. I'm the head pastor of Mid Country Chapel. We meet at the Macomb Traffic Light opposite the Children's Park. And uh, every Sunday our services start at 7 a.m. Uh, to 9.15, that is the first service, and the second service starts at 10 o'clock to 12 o'clock. We invite you to come and fellowship with us. We invite you to come and worship with us. It's a season where God is doing powerful things in spite of the challenges that our world is going through. And so we're honored to have you tuning in to our broadcast and being part of this. I invite you every Thursday morning at exactly 5.20 on Love FM to come and be part of this. The Lord bless you so much. We'll be waiting for you at church. We have meetings also on Wednesday evenings at exactly 6 o'clock, which ends at 8. The Lord bless you and have a wonderful day. We'll be with you again. Bye-bye. You can also be a part of this great ministry by joining through sponsoring. To sponsor, please call 0244-461-471. Individuals, businesses, and corporate organizations are welcome. May the good Lord bless you more as you propagate the kingdom message. For prayer and counseling, you can call 0244-461-471. Remain blessed. It feels good. Love 99.5 FM. 99.5 FM. It feels good. Love 99.5 FM.